Well, praise the Lord and God bless you this evening and welcome to the Tabernacle Deliverance Sunday evening service. I'm Pastor Wells and I'm excited about what God is doing today for us, with us, through us, in the midst of us, regardless of everything that's going on around us today. I'm just excited. Amen. Every day. I, you know, I say it all the time because I am. I'm excited because God woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. And he helped me make it to this day, ever this hour of the day. So I'm excited. It's just a blessing to be saved. It's a it's a blessing to be in your right mind. Um, it's just a blessing because somebody didn't wake up this morning, beloved. Somebody didn't start on their way. Somebody didn't make it to this week. So praise God, we bless. You know that song that uh, 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 Tammy Baker used to sing? We're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed. We are blessed. We don't deserve it, but we're blessed. I like that. We're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed. We are blessed. We don't deserve it, but yet we're blessed. We're blessed. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve that. Isn't that something? A lot of people... Don't realize that song is a true song. We're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed. Yes, we're blessed, but we don't deserve it. Amen. We ain't done nothing to deserve to be blessed of God. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But he blesses us with life. He blesses us with strength. He blesses us with health. So we're blessed of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm excited about that. Listen, bow your head with me for a moment. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you on behalf of those that are here with us today and those that are watching and listening to this broadcast today. However, they may be listening and obtaining it, oh Lord God, I ask that you touch every liberal soul today, break every yoke in their life, meet the need in their life today in Jesus' name. Amen. That's beautiful to know that Jesus can still do stuff. That's beautiful to know that God. And his son is still in control. Today, I want to talk to you about an interesting topic. I always say interesting topic, because they are. Today, I want to talk to you about relationships. You know, it's a hot topic. Relationships. You know, in Hollywood, they go in and out of relationship every other hour. You'll see, well, you'll see some pictures of uh, movie stars and TV stars, they together. And next thing you're reading it, baby, they not together. They got married or they got divorced or they were just hooking up. They didn't know what they wanted to do, but they were together. I don't love them no more. I fell out of love. They thought they had a relationship and didn't have a relationship. One had a one sideway relationship. I'm serious. So, well, let's talk about relationships. Get your Bible and let's go and talk about the beginning of relationships. Oh, yeah, there was a the beginning. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. It was the beginning of all relationships. All relationships started somewhere. Whether it's a good relationship or bad relationship, all relationships started somewhere. Isn't that something to think about? All relationships, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's a love life relationship, whether it's a sexual relationship, whatever type of relationship it is, it starts somewhere. So let's go back to the beginning of the time. Let's go back to the very beginning. And let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and let's talk about the beginning. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says, 
And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help me for him. I'll read it again. And the Lord God said, it is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a help me for him. Did you understand what I read? Let me read it one more time for y'all. Let me get this so y'all may y'all maybe y'all missing what I'm saying. And the Lord God said, It is not good for man that a man should be alone. I will make him a help me. Now listen. That's something to think about. God said he didn't want man to be alone. He wanted man to be in a relationship with someone. He wanted him to be in a relationship with a woman. So the scripture goes on to say that God made him a what? A kitchen cooker. Yeah, sure. A woman that just had baby. Yeah, sure. A woman that just cleaned houses. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's according to man. That's what man said, that a woman job is in the kitchen and a drop baby so she dropped dead. That's man's theory. Oh, it's Zach soon. 7 Yahoo! That's not what God said. God did not say that. I'm going to read the scripture one more time. One more time. Let's get, let's get it. Digest the scripture. Come on now. Let's digest the scripture. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 said, And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will, I will make him a help me. He said, help me. Now, what are we talking about? Now, if you read the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, you're going to find out in chapter 31, you're going to find out that God had women do certain things. She knew how to sell stuff, aware. She knew how to make sure everything was in the house. She knew how to make sure stuff when the man didn't because she would have helped me. Amen. She would have helped me. Not a, a kitchen cooker. Not just a baby dropper. Not just a sex suit for the guy. Come on, let's go to bed, baby. No. No. You know, a lot of time I go into Jewish stores. And I wonder, I'd be amazed sometimes I see women working. Why? Because God said help me. The wife is to be a help me. To help run that business when that man can. If that man falls sick and he can't run that business or he need help to run that business properly, that's what the wife is. A help me. That's a relationship. We're talking about relationships. God is a God of relationship. God is a God of family. God is a God of marriage. He's not the God of divorce. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me today. God isn't the God of divorce. I said, God isn't the God of the boss. He's never been the God of the boss. That's the devil and man. So God realized that man was doing all kind of foolishness. Yes, give the woman a, a bill of divorcement and go about your business because you're going to keep cheating on her. You're going to keep running around on her. Just give her a bill of divorcement so you can be free to do your mess. Amen. But this scripture here said that he created the wife to be a healthy, meet the bills. A 
I know one brother that never wanted his wife to work. Oh, there's a lot of men like that. No, she can't work. I'm going to make a money. And they stayed in debt for years until she went to work. She was frustrated because she was skilled. That's not fair. That's why. Let me tell you something. That's why in a relationship, you got to have that relationship from God wherein you do not mess up that other person. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me. You got to have your relationship marriage from God because if you don't, you're going to mess up that other person. If that woman is an educated woman and you're going to tell her now that we marry, you can't work. You can't do this. You got to stay home. Now you got a problem. That, that relationship is now off balance. Why? Simply because this woman already been trained, went to school, got her degrees. She wants to work. She wants to do what she do best. If you die today, that woman got to be able to sustain herself and take care of herself and take care of her children. If you work on a job that don't got good uh, 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 pension and life insurance plans and stuff, you die, what she got? Zero. Uh, zero. But you look at this verse. He said something that was interesting. Make him a help me. Help me the spiritual things in the home as well. Help me the financial things at home. Help raise the children properly. If we do it God's way, we get God's way. We don't get God's results when we don't do it his way. We get our results and the devil results, and you know that ain't good. I don't need God to tell me what to do. I know how to run my own home. That's why you in the mess you in the day. That's why you in the mess you in. That's why David got messed up because he stepped out of God's will, went up on that roof and started lusting at that woman and then send that woman husband to the wall and make sure he died. Make sure he died. Not, don't make no mistake. He put him on the front lines. He knew the man wasn't a man of war. didn't even know how to fight. He went up there to die and kill them. Understand the scriptures. They don't lie. We do. But in relationship building, it's over time. So therefore, the God gave man a help me to make the connection of the marriage work, to make a relationship work. You can't have a relationship just by yourself. Someone has to be recluded. That's why it's called relationship. That's why it's called relationship. You can be by yourself and love yourself to death. That's not a relationship with nobody. That's just you. I know you may want to be one of those nuts that talk to yourself all day. Hi, Joe. How you doing? And you just carry on and on and on. Okay. You want to know to just talk to yourself all day. That's not a relationship. That's insanity. But in a relationship, it's two parties, a group. Ah, how big the group is, that's on the people. But we're talking about God made man a help me and meet the need. That needed to be met. I know it is taught. I don't. I. I don't know what church they don't teach it in. They teach that a woman is to be home and rear the children and take care of the kitchen and clean the house. But that's not what the Bible generally said. That's not what he said in the beginning. That's not what God said. That's not what God said. He said to help meet, and that meat means whatever. Work, cook, clean, drive, whatever. Preach. Teach, help me. 
Now, every woman ain't called a preach, just like every man ain't. But you got to follow what the scripture says. You have to follow what the scripture says that the woman is to help me. Everybody say, help me. No, help me the need. Help me the need. And a lot of times in the holiness and Pentecostal church and Catholic church, they never told it. And because people have been ignorant of God's word because they won't pick up a Bible and read it themselves, they don't know this. Now the woman is to help me. So a lot of women are upset because they stuck in the kitchen and just dropping babies and they ain't got no light for their own. And the husband, when he out, he going hanging out with his friends and doing all this stuff. You got to follow the scripture if you want God's blessing. Let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24. Listen to this. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. This is about the first marriage. Woohoo. Okay, listen to this. Therefore shall man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now, listen to this. I'll read verse 25. And they were both naked, and the man and the woman, his, and the, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Now, let's read that verse again, 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were naked, the man and the woman, and were, were not ashamed. Now listen, look at the first part of that verse, what it said. And his wife. Not woman, wife. Okay. But look at the look at the first part of verse 24. This was speaking into existence. Verse 24 was talking, it was talking about the future. Because Adam and Eve had no mother and father. Hello, Adam and Eve didn't have no mother and father, but God knew they would reproduce and become parents. Isn't that something? Look, it said, look at that verse. It said, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And when they were both naked, the man and his wife were naked, well, excuse me, and were not ashamed. God's plan. Always work. God had a plan of a relationship of a mother and father even before Adam and Eve. He had a plan for them. That he made Eve, that they will become parents. That's how it's supposed to be. But notice when you look at verse 20, uh, look at that verse and talk about that. It talks about in verse 24, it talks about. Being one flesh. This is a relationship when they come together as one. It's not just a sexual relationship. It's that they become one. Knitted. They get to know each other's characteristics. They get to know what one another life. They get to know what one another dislike. And then they have what they both agree on. Because they're individual. People talking about getting married. 
They don't have the first clue that they were being married is about. They think it's about sex or think it's about people get married in a lot of countries even here in America. A lot of people get married. What they call business relationship, even in churches. They do, yes, they do. They do it in big name churches where they married somebody because this is Pastor So and So's daughter, and this is Bishop So and So's daughter. We're gonna get them together, and keep everything together. Ain't no love in that. That's a business relationship. Business relationships with lives does not meet up to love. It means up to dollars or religious power. That's all it means, it leads to. Not a relationship of love. Now these two people will probably hate each other because they were married out of business. Business relationships does not include love. And it sure don't include forgiveness. You got to make sure the relationship you have is genuine. You got to make sure that person you talk about marrying is legit. Oh, you got to check. You know, my pastor used to say about yeah, marrying young people, when he would get together and sit down and counsel with them, the first thing he was going to ask both of them, he was going to ask that girl, is anybody crazy in your family? You don't ask the guy, Robbie, is anybody murdering your family? He's going to start asking them questions to make them think about who they marry. Because you know those characteristics running bloodline. So she said, well, my cousin, you know, he was in a mental institution. That guy going big. I don't think I'm married. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Today, they don't do that. They don't sit down and let a pastor talk to them and counsel with them. I'll make sure the pastor's in his right mind. And sit down and counsel with them to know what's going on. Why are they coming together? Because if she, they, they tell the pastor, well, we had sex and she got pregnant, so we want to get married. That pastor better tell her, no, don't do that. Take care of the children. Don't force, a, don't force a marriage and make the matter worse. Don't force a marriage and make the matter worse because y'all are going to be both cheating on each other. Y'all ain't going to have no relationship. Don't, I, I, I experienced this with working with friends of mine, watching when I was young. I experienced, I literally experienced that. In church, they were forced to get married. She didn't love him at all. She just wanted to have sex with him. I'm just telling the truth. And he was all for it because she was younger than him. He was 24, and I think she was 18 or 17, or I don't know how old she was. And they got in that bed and had a good time. And she got pregnant. She didn't want no kids. And he wasn't ready to be no father. But they got married because they were forced to get married. Both cheated on each other. The son turned out to hate them. Okay? Do you hear me? You got to make sure you're doing this marriage thing the right way. You got to make sure the relationship you have is right. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me today. You got to make sure that relationship you have is genuine. Why am I talking about this? Because God is a God of relationships. He's a God of business relationships. He makes businesses really work together when they're the right type of relationships. Oh, yes, he does. Same thing with churches. Massive confusion break out in churches when they're the wrong type of relationship. When they're the wrong type of relationship, it's chaos and confusion, and you know the devil's there. 
talking about relationships. Talking about relationships and not realizing that we need God to direct us in all of our relationships. He said, in all of our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. But what you want to do with the relationship you have? Let's move on. Let's go to Exodus chapter 34. And I want to tell you something about a real good relationship. Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34, verse 5 and 6. I want to read that real quick. And the the Lord descended in in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Verse 6. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and in truth. I'll read it again. Verse 5, Exodus chapter 34, it says, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Verse 6, and said, the Lord passed by him, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Let me tell you something about this. You may not know this story, but that's the story of Moses and God. Did you hear me? That's a story about Moses and God. There was a relationship they had. God did not reveal himself to any old person. The scripture said the Lord came down and stood there with Moses. Did you hear that? The Lord came down and stood there with Moses. Oh my gosh. He stood there with Moses. That, that's just to blow your way. He stood there in a cloud with Moses. Moses didn't get to see his face at, or get to see anything of him at that point. But the point was, because that came later, but that point was the Lord came down himself and stood in a cloud. He stood right there by Moses. And then he said, and the Lord passed before him And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and mercy. The Lord God. The Lord came down and stood there. Can you imagine the Lord coming down? You got your life right with God. You walking with God, and God come down and visit you personally. Oh, y'all hear me today. The Lord come down and visit you personally. I'm not talking about no prophet coming, prophet lying here, say the Lord said this and the Lord said that. I'm talking about the Lord God. I'm talking about the Lord God sending his son Jesus to stand in the midst of you on that cloud and stand there by you and proclaim the name of God. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh, 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 I will be jumping up and down. Then later on, at another time, Moses said to the Lord, 
I want to know. Uh, I want to uh, see you. I want to ask you. I want to see you. Now, I know you came down, and I'm glad I want to see you. So the Lord said, okay, Moses, this is the deal. I'm not showing you my face. You don't get that privilege right now. I'm not showing you my face. I'm going to let you see me walk by you. Isn't that something? Amen. And then what happened if you read the story? God put Moses in the rock of the cliffs. And he walked right by it. Isn't that something? He walked right by Moses. Ooh, Jesus. Ma Moses seen his back. And so he's just walking by the back of his head. He would not show him his face. Y'all probably not catching on to this. Relationships. Amen, amen. This man had a really working relationship with God. Moses had a real working relationship with Almighty God and his son. Because if you read the scriptures properly, you'll learn that the Lord thy God is Almighty God and the Lord Jesus Christ is Jesus. Got to read the scriptures. It's there. They're not one person. They're two people. But the thing here, this man had a relationship with them. People are knocking themselves out to build relationships or, or get the best house or get the biggest church so they can get relationships with them big shot preaching or, or famous entertainers and so they can run with all these people. But I don't want to run with them. I want to run with God. Oh, my gosh. Why? Because whatever God do is eternal. What man does is temporary. It only lasts a little while. It doesn't last long. I'm going to die. You're going to die. Mary going to die. How they all going to die? But God is self-existent. He said, I'm the Lord thy God that changeth not. He said, I'm Alpha and, the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the first and the last, the first begotten of the dead. So therefore, he's around. When everybody else die and croak over and turn back the dust and bone, God is still there. God is still there with that relationship that he offers to them. And then you can get an eternal relationship with him. The repentance. Oh, that's beautiful. You can have a, a relationship here on earth with him and then have an eternal relationship. Oh, yeah, not, oh my God. People used to get excited when you talk about Jesus. People used to get, oh my goodness. People used to get excited when you talk about having a relationship with God because you can walk in his power. You can walk in his grace. And the devil backs up because he knows who's with you. Today, the devil could care less about you preaching or teaching. Because you know most preachers and teachers don't know God. They don't. And he knows that. He knows they don't know him. He knows they just faking. He knows they just quaking. Oh, yeah. He, he already knows. He already knows they're preaching through charisma. They got their THD, so they don't. He already knows all that. He knows you ain't been to the fountain. Where that blood flow. He knows you haven't accepted Christ as your personal savior. He knows this. He knows you don't have no real relationship with God. When you have a real relationship with God, it's a problem for him. He's going to send all his imps and wimps out to tear you down. But God is a keeper of his word. 
God is a keeper of his word. Yes, he is. Amen. God will keep his word. Let's pray for those watching the broadcast now, Father. In Jesus' name, I touch every little soul that's watching this television broadcast right now. Break every yoke in the light. Save, deliver, and make free. Meet the needs today in Jesus' name. And you can also visit our website, tabernacledeliveranceinc.org. That's www.tabernacledeliveranceinc.org. You can leave a prayer request. A testimony. You can become a partner. You can even get our Bible study weekly Wednesday night Bible study lesson sheets on it. Go to the website and learn more. But listen, let's move on. Listen, you gotta understand about relationships. Relationships are real when you put effort in. If you don't, it's the same thing with walking God. You gotta put effort in. Why should God be your friend? Don't confuse God, a son, being a savior. Being a savior and a friend is two different things. That's why God don't reveal a lot of things to people because they just get saved and never become his friend. The Bible said, God revealed his secrets to his friends and prophets. Yeah, you got to become his friend. You got to become one of God's friends. See, God is more than willing to be our friend, but we got to qualify. Oh, yes, we do. You don't have to be qualified to become God's friend. Oh, yes, you do. You got to qualify to become my friend. I don't run with any of your body. Amen. God don't run with any of your body. Amen. God ain't hanging out with any of your body. God don't hang out with any of your body. He ain't dropping himself to the dirt for you. That's the devil. He's the one slithering around like a snake on the ground. That's him. He takes anything and call it his friend. We'll use that as a wash rack. Let's move on. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 13. <clears throat> now, let's talk about friendship. Because friendship has to do with relationship. Let's talk about friendships. 1 Kings chapter 13 and verse 18. All right. Look at that scripture. Look at that scripture. First Kings chapter 13, verse 18 says, He said unto me, I am a prophet also as thou art. And, and an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring me back, bring him back with thee into thy house, that he may eat and drink. But he lied unto him. Listen, I'm going to read one more time. And he said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art. And the angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thy house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. I'm going to say this again. There are millions of false prophets today. I keep telling people everybody's not from God. This was a lying prophet. I want to teach you something about relationships. Amen. If the prophet he prophesied to had the proper relationship with God, he would have not followed that man. He would have rebuked that man sharply knowing that God told him not, not to eat in that city, not to return back to the city, but go back home. Amen, amen. But because his relationship with God was not right, he listened to this lying prophet. And because he listened to the lying prophet, he died. 
because God told him not to go back into that city. Everybody, it's not your friend. Amen. Because that, that means I'm Pastor Wells. Just because Pastor Jackson over there or Pastor Williams over there don't mean I need to fellowship with them. My brother used to constantly tell me years ago, everywhere that people call you to preach, you're not, you're not supposed to go. I, I didn't pay him no mind for years. I didn't listen to him. I didn't, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't listen to him because I didn't understand what he was talking about. But over the years, I learned that is correct. Amen. That is correct. That is correct. That is correct. You cannot go fellowship and preaching everywhere unless God send you because the scripture made it plain that the Holy Ghost forbid. Oh my God. The Holy Ghost forbid the apostles to go into the city and preach. You got to go by God's movement, not man. So if God told you not to go to Sarah's house or Brother Jones' house, don't go. Amen. I don't care what nobody come and prophesy to you. I don't care what nobody, you know why so many young girls got pregnant? They went somewhere they shouldn't have gone. They followed their friends, even though God, we have a story. I know of a story here where I live where a young woman died because she did not listen to her parents. Her parents put her on punishment, told her to be in the house. She slipped out that door, followed her friends, and died that same night. I ain't making this up. You got to know where that relationship you went. Oh, you got to know where that relationship you got comes from. Did you hear that? You got to know where the relationship you got come from. Here is a man of God that's half-hearted with God. Oh, yeah, our man, our man of God not wholehearted. Here's a half-hearted man of God that's willing to listen to another prophet than the voice of God. Amen. There's something to think about. Here's a man of God that will listen to another prophet's voice before he listens to God, because God told that man not to go into that city. God told that man not to go into that city. Now, listen, I want to read verse 19, to, uh, verse 20 to you. I'm going to show you something. Verse 20 of 1 Kings chapter 13, it says, And it came to pass, as he sat at the table, the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back, verse 21, and he cried to the man of God, unto the man of God that came back from Judea, saying, Thou saith the Lord, for much as thou had disobeyed the mouth of the Lord and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God has commanded thee, but thou camest back and hast eaten at bread and drank drinking water in this place, of which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread, drink no water, thy carcass shall not come unto thy scope of thy father. He was going to die right there. But God told him not to go back there. I don't care what no prophet tell you. I don't care what they tell you. They can say the smoothest word you ever heard. But if God told you, do not go. Don't you move. Don't go. Your life is on the line. In fact, I know of a story, a fact, really happened. One of my friends, that's a, 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 a missionary. They were out in Africa. I think it was Africa. And why they was in Africa? All our missionaries was told one thing. You only travel this route. You don't go no other route. You must travel this route. You travel any route when we can't help you. 
Well, two of those missionaries, ministers, they decided they was going to detour. They left early and took another route, and nobody never heard of them until this very day. That's right. They couldn't find body parts. They couldn't find clothing. They couldn't find nothing of them. They went another route. They were told that they had cannibals over there in that area they were in and all that other crazy stuff. Uh, the regular wild animals, everything running loose. So somebody ate them. Somebody. <laughs> somebody was hungry. And they ate them. They never found them. It wasn't the, it wasn't the, who were they going, who were their family going to sue? Who was their family going to sue? Nobody told them to go that way. They were told to go one route. Not no other route. That's why I tell everybody y'all dying to do missionary work in other countries. You better make sure God's sending you. We got big missions here right in the United States. And in your countries, you want to come to America to preach? You got big places in your own homeland to preaching. That need souls to be saved. Don't come thinking America the golden country where, oh, I can go there for you. We got plenty of problems here. We got enough false prophets and prophets now jacking people up. Relationships. If these men had the proper relationship with God, they would not have deviated. Just like this prophet. I'm not joking you. I'm not trying to scare nobody. I'm telling you a fact. If I did not know God, and when the enemy attacked me on that bridge that I was a years ago, I wouldn't be standing here. There was nobody on that bridge. There was nobody to help me. I was in total fear on that, or the enemy overshadowed me with fear. While I was driving on the highway telling me to make a U-turn on the bridge. I'm telling you, you got to know God. You got to have a relationship with God. I'm not kidding you. The Bible says, when the spirit, when an when a, a, a enemy coming like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will rise up a standing. But I'm going to tell you something. You can quote that scripture all you want. Until you get this word of God into your life, it ain't going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You can quote it all you want until you got that word of God in your heart and in your life. I thank God. Hallelujah. That I had God in my life. Hallelujah. Because I wouldn't be standing here. I would have been dead. I'm totally I was in total fear. I couldn't even touch my phone. I couldn't. I was holding on to the stereo for dear life, panicking. And I never had no panic attack in my life. I ain't never had one. I know somebody here where I know of a story somewhere where I live. Where a lady, she panicked. That spirit got on her. She panicked, and she actually made a U-turn on the bridge and killed herself and other people. You have to have a relationship with God in a time of trouble. You have to have already established a relationship with God. But in the time of trouble, He will hide me in the secret of His pavilion. You got to have a relationship with God. I'm not talking about jumping up and down and speaking in tongues and carrying all on time. I'm talking about building a real relationship with God when you walk with God and God walks with you. Amen. Not just you hearing some voice in your head saying, Johnny, go east. I'm not talking about that. The Bible said there's many voices in the world, in the land. Let's move on. This story I just read to you is a warning to you. When God tells you something and you know it's God, do not deviate. 
Do not deviate. I'm telling you, it's not a joke. All right, let's go to Matthew 8, 25 real quick. Matthew 8, 25. Look at that verse, Matthew 8, 25. Matthew 8, 25 is an interesting uh, passage of scripture. It says, and the disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we perish. All right, let's look at that verse again. Matthew 25, eight, uh, excuse me, 825 says, and the disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We perish on this ship. We're going to die. That's us. We're going to die. We scream it to the top of our lungs. We're going to die. <laughs> the Lord wakes up. They wake him up out of I, I know how it feels to be waking up out of your sleep. You're sleeping. Sometimes my wife wakes me up. I'm like, leave me alone. I want to sleep. She wake me up sometimes, touch me. And I wake up, I'm like, what do you want? And she's steady holding a conversation. I'm half sleeping. She's still holding a conversation. So that was the disciple. Jesus is resting himself. The ship is rocking side to side. But he's the Lord of glory, so he's sleeping. It ain't bothering him. Because he controls everything. So he's sleeping. They don't they don't seem to notice. They stay with this guy all the time. They didn't have the right relationship with the Lord at the time. That was a problem. They didn't have the right relationship with the Lord at that time. They did not. Because if they did, they would have never come right in. Let's say that we're going to die out here. Why are you sleeping? The Lord got up. He must be looked at them like, what's wrong with you, suckers? Don't y'all know who I am yet? No, they didn't know. See, I'm trying to get a little rest. And y'all bother me about drowning. How you going to drown when I'm in a boat with you? Think about that. How are you going to drown with the Lord of glory himself in the boat with you? But because your relationship is not right with God, yet you don't have confidence and trust in him. Amen. That's it. Because you don't have the right relationship, working relationship with the Lord, you don't have confidence he's going to bring you through. Verse 26 sums it up. And he saith unto them, Why are ye so fearful, O ye have little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the wind, and everything kind of calm went back to normal. Then he jumping up and down, Oh, the Lord, don't When it should have been that way in the first place. Because the Lord of glory, <coughs> the Lord of glory was on the boat with them. But yet, these people, oh, I want I'm trying to get you to understand something about relationships. This is why you've got to know what type of relationship you're in with the church you go to, with the woman or man you marry, with your job. You need to know what type of relationship you have. Because if you don't know what type of relationship you have, you're going to be doing like a disciple. My wife went to the store and said, Money, we're going to be in the street tomorrow. I'm serious. 
My husband went to the store. I don't know where he's at. You gotta get you gotta get the right relationship. You gotta be with the right person. I'm serious. When I go to the store, if my wife said, Bernard, I want you to go to the store, I only spent a hundred dollars. Now my wife is not gonna have me come back when she comes home or I see her or wherever we meet, and uh, I say, she said, but no, why did you spend $500? That's a wrong relationship. That's not a relation, that's not a working relationship. That's a do whatever you want relationship and we hold no regard for the other person. What God was trying to get to the disciples to understand that Christ had a perfect relationship with them, but they did not have one with him. They did not have a perfect working relationship with the Lord because if they did, they would have never carried on like that. They would have never woke him out of his sleep. They would have went about their business and let that wind blow. <clears throat> you go through trials and tests, let the wind blow. You know wrong wind blowing. You got to know who the Savior is. That's the big difference. Now, in any relationship that you have, there's always going to be something going on. Something is always going to go on. <clears throat> the car may need fixing. You know? Relationship things happen. Stop living in some la-la land. When a person have a relationship, nothing goes wrong. That's la-la land. That's not even in the Bible. <clears throat> Working relationships. Jesus wanted the disciples to understand why he was sleeping, why all that stuff was going on. Because he had control over everything. He had control over the sea. That boat wasn't going to sink. The man walked on water. Amen. And a boat going to sink with him in it? I don't think so. I don't think so. But the disciples did not have the proper working relationship. And what I try to get people to understand, you need a perfect working relationship with God. You need to build a perfect working relationship. Now, when you know when everything falls apart, you know the Savior's still there. He can fix it. They told me, son, let him fix it for you. But you got to have a relationship, Amen. a working, real relationship. And that relationship deal with trust and confidence. Love, confidence, and trust. Amen. Well, you, you look at this bird, and that's a lot of us. Lord, why am I going through this? Why did I lose my job? Why are these people trying to kill me? Why, why, why? <clears throat> the Lord, just like in the scripture, is wondering why you're carrying on like that. He's wondering why you're carrying on like that. Amen. He's wondering why you're worrying about everything. When he said he would take care. And he'll provide for you. He'll make, make ways out of no ways for you. But you have to do your part. We fail to do our part in the relationship. Why do you, you want to know something about relationships? It takes more than one person to make a relationship work. Why marriages fail? Because it takes more than one person to make that relationship work. It takes, you know what, when God saves us, he don't take away our character. He improves our character. However, <clears throat> you have to do your part to build a working relationship with him. It doesn't work that way. When you go to a job, check this out. 
When you first go to a job, you don't know nothing about that job. Somebody got to train you to do your job. Somebody got to train you to do that. And then as you go on, your relationship with the job improves and increases. On my job, on my wife's job, when she started, she didn't start as she is now. She was able to train other people to what they need to do on the job. Some people catch it, some people don't. She was explaining to me that anybody that comes to the job, they have to be trained. They first have to understand how to understand it. They have to understand those documents and how they go. If it's not right, they can't work there. It ain't going to work because they're going to mess up them documents and they made your documents. So it's the same thing with your relationships. You got to understand how that relationship is working, whether it's going the right way or the wrong way. You have to work to improve in any job I had. I remember when I worked for the bank, in the mailroom. When I started on that job, I didn't know dirt. I, I, I was trying to do sort the mail. I was moving like molasses. Like that, that animal, they had this real, uh, a slope, I think it is. Yeah. A slope. I was moving like a slope. Yeah. Huh? Sloth. Sloth? That's me. So slow. But maybe after six months, the bionic man arose. I was so I became so good in sorting the mail. I was able to sort the mail with my eyes closed. I'm not kidding. Y'all was so good. I don't know about today. I wasn't trying to find today. But back then I was able to sort it with my eyes closed. I mean, it was something to see. And I enjoyed doing it. I didn't start out enjoying doing it. But I didn't know what I was doing. I had Amen. to take my time, step by step, misplaced mail forward. <laughs> and finally, I got it. Then when I knew where all the chief executive officers were, I knew who everybody, I got to know some of them. I knew where their mail slots were. I could do it with my eyes closed. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And I was doing the mail from all over the, the world for that company bank. So I would close my eyes and suck the mail because I knew how to do it. Amen. That was a working relationship that improved and improved and improved. And I want to tell you a little secret about this. I worked with it. I was sent there by a temporary agency. Check this out. I was so good with the relationship working with the bank. The bank hired me. That's a working relationship. That's a working relationship. And they had to pay the, uh, the, the uh, um, agency money for me to work for them. They had to pay them thousands and thousands of dollars. That's a working relationship. That was good. That's why you got to let God work on the relationships that you have. Amen. You got to let God work the relationship. You keep going and get your own relationships with people. That's why you're going to keep getting messed up with people. People get messed up. Mentors mess them up. People get people strung out on drugs and never able to get off the drug. Alcohol, prostitution, homosexuality, all kind of stuff. Because of Pete, they had the wrong type of relationship with the wrong people. Amen. You got to make sure your heart is knitted to the right relationship. I'm telling you, serious business. The disciples learned later in life that they had the wrong relationship at that time with the Lord. Let's move. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 18. Now, this is an interesting one. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 18. And verse 
6. And listen to what it says. Oh, I'm in the wrong. Okay, verse 18 in chapter 6. Okay, listen to this. For he came to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept the commandment which the Lord commanded Moses. I'll read it again. For he clave to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept the commandments which the Lord had commanded Moses. This is about King Hezekiah. Hezekiah cleave to the Lord. That means cling, hang to on the Bible. In, 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 in a, a Hebrew, it means to cleave to. Hold on to. You ain't letting go. So Hezekiah cleaved to the Lord and let him go. He built a relationship with God from a young age. And he was able to get a unique results when he was older and sick unto death. But Hezekiah built an interesting relationship with God. He would not let God go. Isn't that something? He didn't care what happened. He wasn't giving up God. If he lost everything, he wasn't giving up God. If everybody walked away from him, he was going to keep his relationship with God. If everybody said, you ain't no good, you know this, you know that he was going to keep his relationship with God. If everybody forsook him, he still was going to kill you. Oh, my gosh. This man would not let his relationship go with God. Amen. And if you read the story of Hezekiah, Hezekiah became sick night unto death years and years later. And Hezekiah was able to do something most people was not. When the prophet Isaiah came to tell Isaiah he was going to die, uh, he didn't argue with the prophet. He didn't say nothing. He just turned his face to the wall and wept and told the Lord, I'll walk before you. How are you going to let me die like this? I want to spend time with my family. Amen. Why are you going to let me die? The Lord heard him crying out. The Lord probably really wanted him to come home so he could hang out with him. <laughs> he probably wanted him to come home so he could hang out with him all. But he had a guy weeping. He said, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. He ain't coming home today. Amen. So he told the prophet Isaiah, now listen to this about relationships. Isaiah had an excellent relationship with God, but now God was giving him a different message to take back to the king. Now, this was something that Isaiah had to know it was God. That's why he had to have an excellent relationship. Because he knows God don't make mistakes. And he had an excellent relationship, and he knew the voice of God. That was the thing. So Isaiah went back to Hezekiah and said, okay, okay, the Lord told me, you're not going to die. He said, so? He said, okay, God going to heal you. He said, so? He said, uh, if God going to heal me? I want you to do, uh, I want you to turn the sundown back. I talked about that. One day I'm going to preach a message about that. But he turned the sundown back three degrees. 
And the Lord told him, I'm going to give you 15 more years. Now listen to this. God gave Hezekiah 15 more years. And what's unique about this? Isaiah knew. Hezekiah knew exactly when he was going to die. I'm not talking about no doctor coming to say you got six months to live. I'm talking about God told Hezekiah, I'm giving you specifically 15 more years. You ain't getting no more years after that. Don't come back asking me for no more years. You have to come out. Hezekiah had 15 more years. There was nothing nobody could do about it. Nobody could do anything about it because God already told him. If they came down and burned his kingdom to the ground, Hezekiah still was going to live. He's going to still get his 15 years. Hezekiah got his 15 more years, and God called him home. That's amazing. He knew exactly when he was going to live. That's a beautiful feeling. You could go to sleep knowing you got 15 more years. When we go to sleep at night, we don't know if we're going to wake up in the morning. What's that song say? Woke me up this morning. Started me on my way. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't. People look, you know what, know something else about relationships? People look at people in their 80s and 90s, think they're ready to die the next day. And they outlive some of the younger people. <laughs> Amen. But when you look at this story, Hezekiah from a young age cleaved to the Lord. He would not deviate from it. He built a solid, sound, real relationship with God. And that's what we need to do. We need to build real relationship with, with God that lasts. That's everlasting. Amen. Let's move on. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And verse 14. Now, this is for y'all people that say y'all can do whatever y'all want when you're saved. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion have light with darkness? I'll read it again. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, but what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness and what community have light with darkness? Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Now you may say, well, what are you talking about? We shouldn't talk to unsaved people. I didn't say that. The Bible didn't say that. It says, what did it say? What fellowship? What fellowship? <clears throat> when you are saved, I want to make this clear. When you are saved and when you get saved, you should not be going out there trying to marry somebody that's unsaved. If you were married before you were saved, you being saved sanctifies that unsaved person. Amen. I'll say it again. Before, If you were married before you were saved, Y'all being saved, sanctify that husband and wife, according to the scripture. So that don't justify you. I'm dumping my wife and go get me a new one now I'm saved. <clears throat> but when you are saved and single, you should not be pursuing an unsaved spouse. You should be pursuing someone saved. You got to do it the way the scripture say, if you really want God to work with you, if you really want a working, solid, 
real, lasting relationship with Amen. God. Look at that verse. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship have his righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion light have doctrines? They don't connect. If all the friends you have after you got saved are all unsaved, you need to go back to the altar. Amen. I'll say it again. If all the friends you have, you have no saved, truly saved friends, you need to go back to the altar. If everybody, your friends that you have are unsaved, you need to go get right with God. You need to go right, get right with God because those friends, all those friends are not thinking about the things of God they want. The world, the devil, and everything he has to offer. It's just the truth. It's tight, but it's right. Me and these corny messages, no, bam, 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 bam. That's the truth. Amen. But you cannot be unequally yoked and expect God to honor you. You got to do this thing the right way. So many people mess up their lives doing things the wrong way. We got to do this the way God wants if we want God's results. This is just the truth. It's just the God's honest truth. Now we got to do this God's way. You cannot be unequally yoked. You cannot be unequally yoked. Let's go to Proverbs chapter six. Chapter six and verse three. Take a look at that verse. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 3 Look at what it says Look at what it says it's, uh, Excuse me <clears throat> This is a very important scripture That you shall apply to your life With the people that you are around It says Do this now my son And deliver thyself When thou art come into the hands of thy friend Go humble thyself And make sure thy friend I'll read it again do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. When thou art coming to the hand of thy friend, go humble thyself and make sure thy friend. Do you understand what he's saying? Probably not. A lot of people don't understand that verse. He said, what is he talking about? He's telling you to humble yourself and go make sure that person's really your friend and not your enemy. You know what? Just because a person likes ice chocolate ice cream and you like chocolate ice cream, that don't make them your friend. Amen. I'll say it again. Just because a person likes chocolate ice cream and you like chocolate ice cream and now y'all become friends, that's not friendship. That's ice cream eating. <laughs> I know it's rough. That's not friendship. That's ice cream eating. Amen. Well, for me, I'm not a chocolate ice cream eater. Oops, I told you something about me, right? Um, I'm not a chocolate ice cream eater. They wouldn't be my friend. But the whole thing is your friendship has to be a base of your both agreeing and liking and fellowshipping and doing the same thing. Amen. Not just eating ice cream. That's not friendship. That's eating ice cream. You can go to an ice cream parlor and sit down and eat with somebody that uh, eat a chocolate ice cream. That's not friendship. That's eating ice cream. You got to understand the thing about relationships. They have to be built over time. They're not born one day. 
Can't find it in the Bible. Relationship. Even a relationship God had with Israel. It was not in one day. It was over time. Yeah. And it got to the point he was disgusted with them. You got to do this, my son, and be sure of the person you call your friend. I used to have to do that. I used to get so upset. I would meet somebody, and I would think they would be my friend. As soon as I open that Bible, that scripture would come out. I said, oh, man, that person's not my friend. And I turned around, and it was true. They were, I made sure. I went and checked. They were not my friend. They weren't even my acquaintance. I thought they were going to be my friend. I've been to a gazillion people over the years, and I think I got five friends. If I still have five friends. I got one friend I like to call and harass whenever I get a chance. <laughs> I call him and harass him and drive him crazy. <laughs> I have friends and then I have friends of friends. Um, but my best friends, I have I have three living best friends right now. Three living best friends. But Relationships and all the relationships and the friends I had, I've had for life. Best friend. I have friends and then I have best friends. And then I have ministry colleagues that are close to me. But however, all of these relationships were built over time. None, all in one day. And your relationship with God, your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your children, all built over time. Even a relationship on your job is built over time. It's not all in one day. You're looking for quickies, it don't work. Not in God's sight. Relationship is something that has to be molded and shaped. Relationships have to be molded and shaped over time and getting in a periodic. Uh, the relationship, so y'all don't fall out. I know the story of a uh, uh, two friends. Yeah, it's this interesting story. My pastor told the story of his sister and her friend. I never forgot that story. It was interesting. They were best friends. They did everything together. They went window shopping one day and looked in the window at a dress. And they were talking about, oh, you get it, I get it, whatever, we went to so one day, his sister bought the dress. And then her friend seen her with the dress. Her friend fell out with her for life. Never, ever spoke to her again. Ever. They died not speaking to each other over a dress. Make sure your relationships are legitimate and solid and not Amen. built off materialistic things. Amen. Real relationships. Real relationships last through the timing and testing. Amen. The real relationship is going to be tested. All relationships will be tested. There's no freebies here. Let's move on. Let's go to let's go to Micah six and eight. This is a popular uh, scripture, but I want to read it to you. I want you to look at it. Micah 6 and 8 says, 
Listen to this. He have showed the old, he have showed the old man what is good. What do if the Lord require of thee, but to walk to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with that God. I'll read it again. He have showed thee, O man, what is good, what do of the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. God already gave us the plan. God gave us the plan what to do with the relationship with him and God giving us the plan to do with relationship with mankind. He tells us in this verse to walk humbly with that God, to do justly, to do what's right, to do what the Lord requires of you. And God requires that you get saved. God requires that you treat people right. God requires that you be honest. So right there. All in black and white right there. It's all in the work. If you want the relationships you have to work, follow Micah 6 and 8. You want God's relationship to grow, follow that scripture. Amen. Talk into that scripture. We, 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 want, we want all this stuff. A lot of women that are gold diggers, you got men gold diggers too, okay? They out for what they could get. That's not a relationship. Those are sucker grabbers. They grab suckers and clean them out. Dummy. Focus on a solid relationship with people and with God. Above all, with God. You're not going to make everybody happy. You're not going to please everybody. Don't even waste your breath trying to please every please everybody. It's never going to happen. The Bible tells us that if it was possible, we could be at peace with all men. Amen. You got to work towards that. That's the life, huh? Everybody don't agree with my teaching and preaching. I can't stand me. Because I don't have no ism and schism. I'm with them. And I have no blessed oil and all that other stuff. I have no quiet singing. I sing they want to throw a brick at me. <laughs> they do sometimes. Um, but the truth is, you got to have a real working relationship with God yourself. You can't base your relationship off of nobody else. Well, sister, so and so, don't base your relationship with God off of nobody. Base it off God's word. Get to know God in the pardon of your sins for you, not nobody else. I I think a lot of times we mess up because we don't put God first. We lose out on victories and blessings because we don't put God first. So today I'm talking to you, closing out this message that you you need to work on the relationship you have with God. Make sure it's solid. And that's enduring. Uh, you, sometimes you can't re, uh, repair earthly relationships with people. They don't want to bother. Make sure your relationship with God is solid and enduring throughout your lifetime and into eternity so you don't be lost. Amen. If there's anybody here that don't know the Lord is your personal Savior, there's an opportunity for you. 
You, 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 your relationship with God is jacked up. You jacked it up. You ain't jacked up your relationship. Don't go blame him for your mess. But today, let's pray. A simple repentance prayer. Strengthen prayer. You, you could grow in God and in his grace. Bow your head with me. Pray after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to cleanse my heart, mind, and soul. Stir my heart up to have a real, true relationship with you. Guide me each step and become my friend. Save me right now. Sanctify me. Baptize me. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with your love and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. That's just a simple prayer. You believe it, you can receive it. Sure. The relationship that God wants with you is real, beloved. The relationship that God has with us is real, it's not fake, it's enduring one day at a time. Amen. You can be the back on Wednesday night for our Bible study, uh, 8 o'clock Wednesday nights, right here. But you know, it would be a shame if you listen to this broadcast all the time and maybe stop in on Bible study or listen to it elsewhere. And don't really get right with God. It would be a shame that you never built a relationship with God. Build a real working relationship with God Amen. and walk with him. And enjoy eternity with him. Until Wednesday night or Sunday, remember what kind of relationship you have in your life.